how do you survive holidays with your family? We discuss this and more with special guest Alyssa Plock on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, a home for people who love to have fun thinking deeply. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, world's greatest son, as said by my mom. And with me, as always, is my frustratingly familial co-host. Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker. And that's so weird because <laughs> uh, I actually got the award for world's greatest son. So you must be mistaken, Joseph. <laughs> or <laughs> maybe told me not. that I am. <laughs> well, it's much more awkward for your mom to give you that award, given that you have she has two sons. That's true. Sorry, bro. This one's going out on top. <laughs> my mom can do that guilt-free. She's my only son. That's true. Um, so, um, and of course, with us today is a very special returning guest. She is marketing director, writer, YouTuber, and film critic with a bachelor's in politics, philosophy, and economics from the King's College, my alma mater. She works as marketing director for Redeeming Counseling Services is a regular contributor to the Wallflower Journal Women's Online Magazine, and has her own regular film discussion YouTube channel called Alyssa's Movie Takes. She is the astounding, the adventurous, the Abdarian Alyssa Plock. Thank you for having me back. I, I am in the same category as Nathan, that if my parents gave me the world's best daughter award, there would be some, there would be some, maybe some angry looks because I have got two sisters. So. Christmas would be a little more awkward. Yeah. Oh, oh good although I'm guessing segment. that my father is the type of person who would give it to us all. See, that doesn't count. <laughs> See, lies. my mom tries to do that and I say, absolutely not. You have to pick. No, you just we when that when parents do that, we all immediately become syndrome. It's like if all of us are the world's greatest, then none no of us is. are. None of us are. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was an awesome, awesome segue, Nathan, and I want to honor that. That we are talking about dealing with, of course, families for the holidays. But first, before we get into that, Nathan. If people enjoy our discussion and want to see more discussions, listen to more discussions like this, and engage with fellow overthinkers like themselves, where can they go? They can go to theoverthinkersjournal.com where they can find out more about their hosts and any live events we have coming up. We just had a really, really fun live event here in New York City at the Hepzibah House where we had, um, it, it was an artist showcase and mixer and we were walking around with bubbly drinks and popcorn. And throughout the night, we got to see amazing artists here in the city do some really, really cool uh, performance art right in front of us. And it was just so much fun to get a bunch of overthinkers in the same room together. So we were so happy to do that. So make sure you are at the next one, the next one coming up is going to be next year and it's going to be an Oscars party. So keep your eye out for that at theoverthinkersjournal.com. You can also go to our online community where we have basically a billion people posting memes <laughs> and getting into really fun discussions about all the fun stuff we talk here. Um, there you can connect with us and other overthinkers like yourselves on really fun subjects and have fun thinking deeply together. And if you do enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving us a review and sharing with a friend. It really does help us so very much. Yeah, we have basically a billion or 13,000, somewhere between there. Yeah, after about 100, it just goes to a billion in my mind. <laughs> exactly. Which means yeah. I'm a billionaire. That's, that's not how that works. Anyway, sorry, I continue. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Um, yes, and of course, Alyssa is also on that page as well. And she gives has a lot of great contributions. So if you enjoy her today, you get can interact with her on Overthinkers as well. And um, she told me that if any of you are having family problems for the holidays, she personally <laughs> wants to know about and will counsel you through all of them, no matter how many of you writers. So that, just know that. Yeah, all the way up to 13,000. So that'll take us right to the next Christmas. So we'll be in good shape. Yes. <laughs> so get started now. Uh, okay. All right. Well, on that note, everybody ready to get started? Let's yes. do it. All right. Cool. Back to my notes. All right. So it is that time of year when people who live thousands of miles away from each other travel back home to view their families over the holiday seasons. Even during the pandemic, when officials warned against traveling, thousands clogged the airlines to get home to their families over Christmas. Of course, when visiting family comes all the classic family drama that's been immortalized in hundred Christmas movies like Home Alone, where you have to deal with trying to have a nice time with people you don't necessarily all like all of the time, but who you can't avoid them being there because they're family and that's what the holidays are for, is being with family. And such family drama has only gotten worse in recent years. According to the Atlantic piece, A Shift in Family Values is Fueling Estrangement, a record number of children no longer talk to their parents, believing them to be toxic in their lives. This is not because parents are particularly more toxic in previous generations, but because a shift in values as to what constitutes toxic parenting. These increasing value rifts mean that those who still choose to be with family over holiday seasons have even more difficult time than previous generations have had. So, Lissa, you are a person who has a family. <laughs> and you are a person who celebrates holidays. Therefore, uh, you also deal with being family over the holidays where you have to deal with interfamily dynamics. How is that for you? And how do you navigate the um, all the problems that can go along with um, dealing with uh, dealing with family over the holidays? Yeah, uh, I enjoy the holidays for the most part. And my family gathers with my, usually my immediately immediate family. So that would be me, um, my two sisters or my brother, their significant others and my parents like that. That's who mm -hmm. I consider my immediate family. Um, and then extended is like still like aunts and uncles and cousins. And there's usually some drift in of that because uh, we have this family homestead that's been in our family for 120. 30 years wow. and so that's the gathering place for Christmas which when you have ex immediate family and then extended family of course there's going to be some drama so for me I, I kind of know who who's going to clash with who like mm. I just kind of have it in my head um usually that's not me um yeah yeah and, yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 I'm <laughs> I'm the, the counselor by osmosis, so I've always been like more of the peacemaker, hmm. but I have my moments where there are certain people who will get on my bad side and I will have to go find whatever alone space that is. But even time, being which, the peacemaker. You know, could be a bathroom at some times, <laughs> although <laughs> those are usually in high demand when you're at home for the holidays. Oh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I try to avoid extremely conflicting conversations somewhat but i've also learned to have some of those conversations that are more with more uh grace just because mm -hmm. i i can get annoyed quickly and i would rather just keep the peace but i'm learning to have more stronger conversations on occasion um with, with things that i'm convicted about or my beliefs 
Um, usually that does not include politics. It may include religion more so um, because um, I've found, especially in the last probably six years, that it, that hits a dead end very quickly. Mm-hmm. Whereas religion, I've had a few blowups, not me, but like that fam- my family's had a few blowups over, or well, one major one over religion. But usually there's like at least some common ground, although it's not the main topic. But with family, you run out of things to talk about very quickly. So that's when you start to be like, okay, let's play games. <laughs> See, that's a good <laughs> idea a right games, there. And I think that helps because at least you're focused on something. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and real topic. quick, I want you to keep on talking just a little bit because I'm curious. You mentioned, you know, I'm not the one who typically instigates or engages in fights. And I am in my family. I will yes. start okay. and finish the fights. But <laughs> I do know in my, you know, as I've grown up and had a little more empathy for my, just a teeny bit, for my siblings, <laughs> different kinds of personalities. Um, I've also heard that is, there's a lot of stress that comes with being the peacemaker too. Even if you're mm. not the one who's actively engaging in the fights, it can also, what I, from what I understand, really be kind of a stressful thing to always kind of be on the lookout for, or how do I get in between these people, or how do I make sure that people are having a good time? That's kind of a constant stress, and it's not something I understand because I'm fine with stress. Let's have some <laughs> Let's fight. That's really interesting. That's really interesting because, and this, I can't think of a better way to put this. So forgive me, but like you're more predator and other people are like more prey and it's more stressful to be prey. These were the forces that ruled our world. A world where prey were scared of predators. <laughs> where it's hey, like, <laughs> I think I think good rousing discussions are fun, but apparently not everyone <laughs> does. <laughs> yes. But I'm curious, uh, being a peacemaker, what does that look like? Is there, what are the stresses that come with that? And how do you deal yeah. with those? And, you know, speaking from kind of that perspective that I think probably a lot of our listeners would um, play that role in their yeah. family. You know, what does that look like? And what are the difficulties and, and tips you have? So I think this the skill set is being able to interpret what people are saying mm. in a way that's calm. So like essentially reiterating sort of more active listening a little bit where you're you're taking what somebody said, somebody misheard it. And some yep. the peacemaker is able to go, you said this, right? And they're like, yeah. And like, he said this, he didn't say that. And they're like, oh, and it sort of diffuses the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, it's, it's, it's looking for more naturally cues of things that are escalating too far. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just kind of know, like, um, that person's about to leave the table, <laughs> right? Gotcha. Or um, like that person's about to blow up. And I'm not always the person to go and like maybe console, but I will be the person to kind of diffuse the tension once maybe it's gone a little too far and people have left the room or or gotten tense. And I just, some part of the playing the peacemaker is just kind of knowing when to back off Hmm. um, and give people space. I think that's a very important thing. And the stress of it is um, if you're someone who, does not like conflict and that's why you're a peacemaker it's never going to be fun because there's always going to be some conflict but if you're a peacemaker because you're like okay there's going to be conflict but there needs to be some kind of interpreter or somebody who can at least Mm -hmm. uh, find Mm -hmm. a moment of levity to to lighten the situation um 
I think that that works. I'll, I'll kind of be specific. So in my family, there's a few in the extended family, there's a few second marriages and that's always hard on the person who's mm. like married into a family mm-hmm. as a second yeah. spouse. Um, and I don't always have a great peacemaking role within the larger extended family, but like I'll be able to find them for a moment and just have a decent conversation with them one-on-one um, mm. or just, Sometimes peacemaking is like recognizing that somebody wants to say something and there's like, we'll call them what Joseph called yeah. the predators in the room who won't let them get a word edgewise. Um, and so the peacemakers will be like, so brother Sam, what do you have to say? Like sure. there's a little bit of a funeral. Mm. I don't find it super stressful until it's like the one person that I'm like, I know I can't say anything to you. You're still going to blow up. <laughs> and then it's yeah. just like, and you're going to just send that sick of dynamite right in there. And there's nothing I can do. So it's more, it's, it, it becomes stressful when it's like, there's nothing I can do about the situation. It's just mm. going to be stressful. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so that's it's guess. interesting. I, I, I like that idea of seeing yourself as an interpreter mm. of mm. trying to understand where people are coming from, you know, and this is a, a really common thing in, um, in counseling, as I'm sure you're well aware, as you work for one of the greatest counseling places here in the city, which is giving people context. So you're trying to understand what they're saying. And you're trying to help other people understand what they're saying. And I also love the tip about, you know, sometimes the group meetings are going to be really, really hard, especially if some people are introverted and some people are extroverted. But you can give someone kind of that attention and that connection that they're longing for and looking for needing maybe in a one-on-one conversation, either before yeah. or after, so that they go to bed or they leave the table knowing I was heard. Someone heard me tonight. And I think that's a really good tip. When it comes to me and my family, it's funny because my family is known around the world as just being the greatest family ever. <laughs> but boy, do I have some tea to spill. <laughs> that he is totally going to spill on this podcast yeah. and embarrass his- <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Well, believe it or not, the Clarkson family, while we are uh, close and we love each other, we have stress and we have lots of conflicts. Um, it's natural. That is human. First of all, that's kind of one something I do want to get out of the way is that conflict is natural yeah. um, with humans. I don't care how good your family is. I don't care how mature you all are, um, conflict is natural, especially when there's this kind of thing that happens when I go home at least, in which, you know, I'm I'm in my 30s, I'm married, I have a job and a bank account and, you know, all these big things. I'm adulting, I'm an adult. And I go home, I step foot in my, thank you, thank you. I step <laughs> foot in my front door and I become 13. And all my siblings who are, you know, there's some siblings who are nearing 40 and have multiple kids and live overseas in careers. And as soon as they come in the house, they are 13 too. And it's, we all become kids again. And it's this really interesting phenomenon. I've heard this from a lot of other people that it happens when you go home in that context, when you step out of the place where you are that quote professional grown up, and you're going back to the place where you were a kid, there's this kind of psychological thing that happens where you become a kid again. And that's a good thing because oh, you're being taken care of and you're being fed and you're having fun and laughing. It's a little more carefree, but it also can be a stressful thing, right? Because all of a sudden you have a bunch of kids living in the house acting like you were when you were 13. And here's the thing, the more people you have in the smaller amount of space, you're gonna clash. And that, again, I just wanna reiterate, this is normal. But you know, today I do wanna talk about, so what are some of the ways we can handle this? And yeah. 
And, you know, there are some families that uh, I I also want to say that, you know, that aren't maybe our experiences, right? Right. There's some families that are truly, truly, um, uh, for lack of a better word, toxic or even dangerous. Right. And if you are someone who is listening to this and you're like, I'm not even going home, that's okay. There is, there is no, you know, every circumstance is different. No shame on that, yeah. Yeah, there's no shame in, in drawing a boundary and saying, this is not a healthy place for me to be. But if you are able to go home and you do want to continue those relationships and you feel that there, there is health and safety there, we're, we want to look today in how do we do that in a good yeah. way so we don't leave just mad at each other or at least just spend the entire time frustrated. Right. And so that's a little bit about my context and where I come from. So I'm, I, I want you to all know that I that even coming from the Clarkson family, we have... Right. <laughs> Tons of conflict. But yeah, so this is interesting. Joseph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, again, you know, I think a lot of us, most of us, again, we have fairly, you know, healthy relationships with our families, but we have still have conflict with our families. And I think it, it is, you mentioned this is really, you know, uh, very pertinent, you know, where, yeah, all of us, we live on our own, away from our families, but then in the holidays, we come, uh, we come back. And I think that one of that, you know, one of the things that I find... <laughs> when, you know, I go home for my families in the holidays is that, you know, there's, there's always stuff when you have relationships with people that, um, that you, there are things you can, that you can talk about and the things that you can't talk about. And there are things that you have, you know, you have relationship dynamics with people. And then, you know, when you go home at your holidays, it's like, you have a couple of agendas. You, um, you want to have fun. You want to enjoy yourself, you know, and celebrate the holidays together. But, because you have been away, you know, for so long, a couple of things have happened. One, if you have a dynamic that hasn't been resolved, it hasn't been resolved for the whole year or something like that for a bunch of months. Yeah. And it's left left unresolved until the holiday where you want to have, you know, want to celebrate. And so it's something that you, that normally in a normal relationship, if you've been together the whole year, you would have resolved it before the holidays and then you can take a break for it over the holidays. But uh, it's the only time that you're that you're actually seeing each other again. And that's where you get the dynamic of, ah, I don't want to ruin Thanksgiving. I don't want to ruin Christmas. But this is basically the only time that this dynamic that I don't like is rearing its head. And so it's like, OK, how do I deal with that? And am I the bad guy for, you know, bringing up an area of conflict during this time? That's an area of the holidays. And the other thing about <clears throat> this is, of course, we had this episode on friends and family and whether which is more important. We talked about one of these dynamics where that, you know, friends are, um, uh, you know, uh, was it friends are the family you choose and family is the friends who stay. That was one of the things that we say about that. So, and of course, so one thing is that in a nor- in a circumstance where it's your friends, you if you don't, if you have an, a dynamic that you don't like with somebody, you just don't hang out with them if they're your friends. But with family, if there's a dynamic you don't like, you're still hanging out with them over the holidays. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <clears throat> because they're your family, and that's what you do with family. Of course you're not friends. You drive each other crazier than anyone could and still care about each other more than anyone. You're not friends. You're family. And so... You know, I mean, again, for me, again, I have a great relationship with my mom and I have love relationship with my mom, my sister. And we sort of at this kind of place right now where the like the fights that we, you know, would have, we've had them enough times. And it's like <laughs> and it's like, OK, no, none of us want to rehash this and we're not going to like, you know, it's not going to change, you know, and we're OK with that. And so it's like, OK, 
you know, are there any ways that, you know, uh, you know, we, we can, it, and so we're pretty good at figuring out how to navigate any of those problems. Let's do have. something else. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Let's do something else. And so, but we also have a fairly small group of families. Again, it's based on my mom and sister that I see regularly. You know, the larger the group is, as you said, you know, Alyssa, the more difficult um, that is because you, you, can't, yeah. you can't manage because it's like there's just more opportunities for that to happen. People are smart. They can handle it. A person is smart. People are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals, and you know it. Um, mm -hmm. So I guess what... What and so you, you and so you Alyssa, I guess because what are some of the things again that what are the places that conflict usually comes up in in your experience, but then also the experience that you have in counseling and hearing about that, and what are the ways that you found that are best to sort of diffuse that different the different types of conflict that both you've encountered and that you know you found in your counseling um, osmosis, as you say, um, uh, ways to sort of diffuse that that you found. Yeah, I would say the conflict is over what causes people's anxiety for the most part. Hmm. Like there's, there's there's unmet expectations. Like, um, um, so like somebody has the idea of like, okay, this tradition has to happen, right? And if it doesn't happen exactly the way that it's supposed to, suddenly the anxiety in the room goes up. Okay. And now whoever's whoever's anxiety goes up the highest that's the one who's in the most trouble in that moment. And by the mm. trouble, I mean, like, it's about to become unfun. Yeah. If at the, at the bare minimum, I guess it's about to become unfun. Right. And this was like from childhood, but I used to be that person in childhood, like from, I think eight and nine. Yeah. I did not want to be in any of the pictures. Mm. And so any picture that's of me, is like, you know, frowning <laughs> and, <laughs> Like everybody's smiling, and then there's Alyssa, like the sourpuss with no smile. Because in my and I've worked hard on this because I had such high ex. This didn't really deal with the picture thing, but I would have such high expectations that I would always mm. crash at the mm. end of Christmas because it would never meet my expectation. Uh -huh. Interesting. Um, and that sort of filters into adulthood too, with a little bit of a nostalgia thing of mm. like, okay, we've done this for so many years, we have to do it this way, or like the person who's trying to corral people to do the thing that we always do is stressing the other people out because yeah. they're like, we don't have to do that this year. Um, so just, I just think it's like what triggers your anxiety is okay. going to cause the conflict. And, mm -hmm. and that may be a certain topic of discussion, or it may just be like trimming the tree or like, we have to have mom cinnamon rolls at this particular time. And we didn't have that. We do. Um, <laughs> wrench that's thrown into it if you have like two families that you have to yeah. see in the course mm. of the day because oh. as soon as you have to get out the door with your family it's just gonna be yeah chaos well i <laughs> love no, i love who family you're in so those are i a love what you're things. saying in in regards to you you mentioned that when you were young you had all, all this anxiety about taking yeah. pictures and um, I, I love that because what I think we do a lot of times when we go home is, oh boy, dad's gonna start a fight. Oh boy, mom's gonna do this or brother or sister gonna say this. And here's the thing that we need to remember, we're humans, meaning yeah. every one of us is humans, meaning every one of us has the capacity to bring conflicts to the situation. Yeah. 
that none of us are free from the, it's not like, Oh, all of them are going to cause me and, and cause yeah. conflict. And I'm just this perfect little angel who shows up. <laughs> in Turkey. It's no, if you're a human, you, you have your own fears and anxieties, be yeah. that taking a picture, be that what's going on in your life, whatever it might be, you have capacity to bring stress and conflict into your family as well. So, you know, yeah. one thing that I, I am, am trying as I'm getting older, uh, you know, not well, but trying <laughs> is to be aware of how I bring conflict yeah. into the family. And I do. Yeah. And I can see that and, and how that has an effect on the people around me. Is it, you know, is this the right time to bring up the the politics I disagree with X, Y, or Z on? Uh, <laughs> you know, maybe not. Even if I <laughs> even if I want to, even if I feel unjustified in doing that, is is that the right time? Yeah. Or to disagree on this, you know, X, Y, Z, or to demand that I have my way. You know, it's yeah. sometimes one of the best things you can do to avoid conflict going into your family is being aware of your own actions. Yeah. Um, but I'll also say one thing I've noticed in growing up is that there's this this thing that happens when you get back together with your brothers and sisters maybe it's not everybody but but with me is you you're all like i said earlier you're, you were all kids together and you all saw each other as kids and when you get back together you're all kind of seeing each other's kids but the reality is you're all adults who have gone and forged their own lives and yeah. so there's this kind of desire to um prove yourself yeah. to your family well i've been doing this and i've been doing this and i know this and you don't know that so when you have a bunch of people trying to prove um, their worth or their value, or it can yeah. get stressful, especially when you, you know, butt up against each other and are, are, are measuring your successes or, or your, your right. value. And so another thing to do is, you know, one, I would say one thing, it's kind of preemptive action yeah. is validate the people you're with. Hmm. Say, oh my goodness, I have seen how um how much how, how big of strides you've been making yeah. in your career lately that's so cool i could never do that um wow i just you are the best mom in the world i see how you're raising your kids that's yeah. amazing or i hear you're getting good grades at xyz you know i think that's another way so they immediately feel oh a little more at peace because they've been validated. They're not having to go to the dinner table proving themselves. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it'd be nice if that happens in return and maybe it won't. Um, but it, that might just be something that you'll have to take to your friends or your therapist or God. And, <laughs> and yeah. hopefully deal That's with really good, Nathan. Um, I've realized we live in a world of, Af of an affirmation desert. And so mm. you can go out of your way to compliment somebody else it really nourishes them yes right i mean except for people who have zero love language of compliments but <laughs> i think there's only two in the world so. <laughs> so so being the person that walks into the room and going i'm gonna find something that's admirable about you and yeah. just saying that out loud it can just you talk about peacemaking that can shift an entire immediately yeah that's yeah. an excellent point because again we're talking about again specifically the dynamic of everybody lives apart and then they come back together you know, which is sort of the home for the holidays thing is sort of about the mm -hmm. um, uh, is that people, everyone comes in with an unclear family dynamic, an unclear hierarchy, an unclear kind of because because wow. everyone's like, OK, we used to, again, you know, be mom, dad and the kids. And that was sort of the arrangement. We had these things. But now, again, we're adults. We are kind of kings of our own castles, so to speak. And mm -hmm. so you come back and it's like. You know, again, and I've experienced this myself where it's like, okay, you know, the parents want to say, okay, you know, like want to treat you like, like you're still a kid. I was like, no, I'm an adult. 
and yeah. I can, you know, I should be treated like I do my own laundry like every day while I'm not here. Like I, yeah, you know, like yeah. I should be treated. But that's the thing is, I'm also, I also wanting to prove that. But again, part of mm-hmm. our dynamic that we re- all recognize and know how to deal with each other is in the child-parent dynamic. And so we're kind of not used to figuring out where those lines are. It's like, okay, who, what is our relationship like if we're not falling into these roles? Um, and so some yeah. of that, and so, you know, I kind of, I'm sort of the opposite of, of you, Nathan, where like, you know, my baseline is to um, not say anything and seethe at people, <laughs> you know, the whole time. I have been recipient of the Joseph seethe. I do not recommend it. <laughs> Silently judge everyone. You know, and be miserable. And so what I've and had I verbally to, judge everyone. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I've had to learn exactly to verbally judge everyone. Yes. And so, you know, it's just to actually say, hey, like let's and I've had to learn so that, you know, the the conflict, you know, there was they say conflict ignored is conflict deferred. Where it's like it's only uh, it's like sometimes, you know, you don't want to have conflict, but sometimes you have to have a certain kind of conflict so that you prevent worse conflicts later. So that you don't actually not want to go home for the holidays, not want to see people mm-hmm. so that you actually can deepen and repair and keep these relationships. And, you know, you want to make sure it's not destructive kind of conflict, but you do want to be able to say, Hey, if there's something that bothers you, maybe you can say that to the person in a kind way early on so that you can avoid things that are going to make you miserable and you make them miserable and things like that. So I found like being able to say, okay, what are the things that bother me? that these people do, what would be the minimum amount that they could do to not bother me about this? What part is, you know, like a list of those things and then tell, talk to people about them, you know, in it beforehand and stuff like that. And then like, you know, oftentimes it doesn't work, but the stuff that it does work with then, okay, that's like five more things that are not going to make us miserable over, yeah. you know, over the weekend. And so it's okay. I only have to deal with 10 things that drive me crazy rather than 20 things that drive me crazy. Um, and that's something that I've had to learn as part of it. But again, the difficulty is it's hard to do that all over one weekend. And so one of the things that's really helpful right. is one shot. Exactly. Yeah. One of the things helpful is to actually be communicating with some people like the other times of the year, like, and having some discussion. I was going to say this. Yes. <laughs> and so having these discussions before the holidays are happening. Why don't you talk to each other? Just give it a try. Yeah. Well, especially if you, and this, I'm going to ask you, Alyssa, about this, because I have found it very helpful. Because again, we live in a world right now where we're separated. Uh, yeah. Generally speaking, many kids are living away from home, be it hours or, you know, thousands of miles away, whatever it might be, or, or time zones away. And, um, what is helpful for me and my family is I find we have the better times we have, the more connective and close and warm yep. we have is when we are more in contact, even when we are off in our own worlds. Meaning yep. I, I make a great effort to play video games with my brother, yep. to Zoom with my sister, to call my mom, to call my dad, uh, to go visit them, and have them come visit me even during the year. And I find that's a really helpful thing that when everyone's together, you're not going, wow, it's been a year and um, you're searching out that dynamic for that one week yeah. that you have with them. You already kind of have this rapport and and connection and, and uh, uh, yeah, it, the friendship, I would say, yeah. with these people. And that really mitigates a lot of, of uh, stress and conflict. Alyssa, you have siblings, you have parents. 
do you find that being in connection with them, meeting with them, talking with them, calling them, that it helps? And, and how would you suggest maybe people do that more often in a constructive and non-awkward way? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I liked your suggestion about video games with your brother because you have to find you have to find something for most people. You have to find something to do together yeah. apart mm. because just just talking. There's a few people that you probably in your family that can you can just talk to, right? They're the person. Now that's just not true for everybody, but if you have like a decent relationship with your parents when you grow up, you may still call them for advice or there mm. may be like the one for me, it's my sister. But like my sister, uh, my older, I live with my younger sister, Hannah, and my older sister, Mary, is married and has two children, mm -hmm. um, young children. So the way that we figured out to maintain a sort of a friend relationship um, is we watch The Amazing Race together. Once Fun. A week. Nice. And then we're like texting each other while we do it, right? We're not like on screen together, but we're texting each other. And then that turns into sometimes a good conversation. Um, there was, there was like, we wanted to have a good conversation this summer when my family got together and we started it, but we didn't get to finish it. So we actually did like old fashioned letters, which was just, oh my gosh, special. Wow. Like, that's not something <laughs> we've done before, but we did old fashioned letters this year. Cause like, once we started, I was like, I love this. This is so great. Wow. Can you stop something in the mail? But, like, that's awesome. Yes. I, I don't know. She started it and then I just kept it going. We just kept it going for a little bit. We've stopped now. So it's not like That's something insane. we For a little while, it was special. Yeah. Um, and then my brother's into drama. And have you found so that like, this? Oh, huh, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. And then my brother's into theater. So like, I try to go see at least one of his shows every year. Yeah. That, that's, that's amazing. Have you found that this, like keeping these connections throughout the year, it, it gives you something to talk about and it gives you connection when you all do meet during those holidays? those holiday yeah. weeks. Yeah. Uh, one of the cool things that we started to do as if when we realized like we've had some, we have a lot of extended family time yeah. that are like built in, but we needed to build in some like immediate family time. Mm. Um, so my dad um, gets a really great discount on this cabin because of his vocation as a um, Episcopal deacon. So we go up there for a weekend in September and it's just like, the immediate family and so like it's just a different dynamic so then so then you get to christmas and then there's like a desert for six months where we won't see each other and then you'll start up again in the summer so like for us it works um to to kind of have six months where we're like okay you got you got camp right. you've got the retreat you've got christmas and thanksgiving and so like there's enough time to work out the conflict now i will say one of the things that i think was worked for my brother who um, got married last year, so like newlyweds, mm. they don't stay with us. Okay, they'll come. <laughs> that can be helpful too. <laughs> yeah. Get an yeah. So I think that that can, when you realize it's just like I get more tense when I stay too long. Sure. I need my own space. Then I think sometimes if you had the budget for it, investing in a hotel is not a bad idea. Or now because well, so uh, it's like I was gonna say, you have a space where you can retreat to and recharge, and then bring your full self to the table. This brings up the topic, and I'll let you jump in on this, Joseph, yeah. of boundaries. Yes. And I think this is a really important one as we're heading towards the end to kind of go over. Uh, yeah. But you have a lot of thoughts on this. Jump in. Oh, yeah. So I was just going to say that one of the things is you talk about expectations at the beginning is the fact that a lot of times people are afraid to say, hey, I need the boundary of yeah. you know staying somewhere else because they're afraid that that's saying, because I think it's going to be interpreted this way as, I don't love you. you know, yes. In a particular mm -hmm. way. And so, oftentimes we feel like, so, look, 
I just am not going to function well if I'm with everybody all the time, if I'm staying in a place. I'm not going to function well if you treat me a particular way. And being able to say that is, to, is you don't want to say that because you think that's going to be saying to the other person, I don't love you. Because you feel like love, you know, as the same frozen, love is an open door. Like, you know, it's like there's, there mm. can't, love doesn't exist where there's a boundary set in place, where they're saying, no, here's a way that I don't feel loved if I'm treated this way. Here is a kind of a distance I need to put between you. And those conversations are often difficult to say because, again, we think that means we think it means to say I don't love you, or at least we think that they're going to have um, say that. And so, yeah, again, I, you know, like for me, I, you know, I have to like I've had to have those conversations with my mom and obviously she's really, you know, my family. And obviously they're really they're really good about that and really respectful about that. But and so that's been helpful for me, but not everybody but it's those conversations can still be awkward. And so, and not everybody is, cool, yeah. I guess sort of one of the things I'd be interested in kind of discussion about is like, how do you, um, you know, how do you set those boundaries and say, this is a way that I'm going to be able to function better in a healthy, mm -hmm. um, in a way that doesn't say the other person, I don't love you. That's yeah. a great, that's a great question. Um, I'll jump in just real quick and talk Please. about kind of the, the boundaries that, take place in my family. Luckily, I live in a family that loves and re and respects boundaries. Now, that doesn't mean, though, that people's feelings don't get hurt, right? Yeah. And so, you yeah. know, let's say, uh, give an example. My wife and I, we work crazy hours. They're not usual. So when we go home, um, and not to mention we live in different time zones, we are typically later sleepers. We go to bed uh, more late because we're working or doing something, and we wake up a little later. Now, I live in a family of a lot of early risers who are, okay, breakfast at seven, whatever it might be. Ugh, and, those so, people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, you know, it, what happens is this kind of negotiation, yeah. I think, that happens. So there's some bending on all parts, and the bending takes place out of love. You And I think it comes out of, out of communication, just honest, and it's not... And because when you say things reactionarily, like, oh, well, I don't even want your breakfast. So I don't even want to be up that early. You guys just yeah. make me, that's not going to get you the results you want. But what is, is, hey, you know, we wake up a little later because we go to bed a little later. Um, would it be okay if we push breakfast just a little bit? Now we'll wake up a little earlier than we do so we can be with everybody and have breakfast. Um, but would you mind just pushing it a little later than you normally do? And so there's this kind of negotiation that happens. Yeah. And so it's this, um, I'm going to bend to love you. Will you bend to love me? Yeah. And so I think that's a really healthy way to set, set boundaries. A lot that's of times right. people see boundaries as it's a, I'm making a non-negotiable um, and I'm not going to do this. Or I'm, and instead I see boundaries is what is the way that you can uh, not protect yourself necessarily, but, but uh, keep yourself healthy while still enabling others, their own freedom and loving people in that way. So you're loving and um, being self-protective all at the same time. And I think that a lot of times that ha happens through negotiation. Yeah. Hey, this is really important to me that we make sure to do this. And right. I know that that's important to you. What if we tried, what, can we work out a schedule so we can do both of them or right. half each of them? Or I know this you love this movie. What if we watch that during the day and we watch this one during the night? And you know, this will look different for every family, right. but you can both draw boundaries and negotiate what others will get out of something out of love. This is, this is something really good. And then we'll jump to you, Alyssa, is that, it, but I, this um, is first of all, I'm again, being, you know, recognizing again, where you're feeling like your needs are not being met, you know, recognizing that mm. in yourself, you know, cause again, if you're, if you're stressed about, you know, going home family and you feel like there's conflict, there's problems, it's like, okay, what are those things? 
you know, listing that for yourself, being very clear, listing that for yourself, what needs of yours are not getting met ways, what ways are people stepping on what you feel like making you unhappy? And then listening, okay, what would be the thing to fix that? And then being able to communicate with people first saying, Hey, this is how I feel in this, not necessarily like blaming them or saying you're being a bad person, or this is what you're being like. It's like, no, this is how I feel when this happens. Um, you know, and then saying, could we do this, you know, or do X, like you said, could we, you know, I'm early, right. Could we do this a little bit later? And seeing this, we had this on um, our podcast with the, when we talked about uh, racism with Nathan and uh, Zippori was like, you know, it's not you meet me versus you. It's me and you versus the problem, whatever the problem is mm-hmm. and framing it in that way. And at the very least seeing again, if, you know, that's going to get rid of, you know, a bunch of the conflicts that aren't explicitly taught for people of goodwill. Um, that's going to take away most of the, co- and people healthy, that's going to take away most, a lot of the conflicts at the very least. And then you can go from there if there's a more toxic dynamic. But um, those are things- I love like, the term know, negotiate. I know it sounds business-like, yes. but- No, I love negotiate it. Negotiate boundaries. How much It's a beautiful you, thing. Is it how, how much, you know, can you give me so that I can feel loved and how much, you know, how much can we bend for each other? And that's a beautiful thing. So how how does that look for for you, Alyssa? And how would you advise people to go about that? Yeah, I, here I'm gonna probably step a little bit away from personal and go f- more toward just my role in communications at a counseling center. Sure, yeah, go um, ahead. So we put out, yeah, we we put out these monthly toolkits um, that basically are about different areas of counseling because a lot of pastors and, and ministry leaders and lay people like counsel people in their day to day, but we wanted to add some, you know, some, some of our counseling knowledge to that. So we, last year we put out um, one called family, the holidays and boundaries. Oh, and perfect. one of the big things is, is yeah, is prep um, mm. is because at this point in your life, you probably know your family well enough to at least know some of the triggers, but you're not going to know it necessarily if you don't spend a little time thinking about it right mm-hmm. so that could be on the bare minimum just writing this is what joseph said like writing down some things but maybe ahead of time yeah um also if you are in counseling most people during this season are talking about family dynamics mm-hmm. and so if you need to practice some of those some of those more strict boundaries and i would say the more dangerous the behavior the more strict the boundary has to be yeah like if you're not sure if there's going to be a dangerous situation and you're going home, like make sure you have some kind of an out hmm. and a support system. Um, so yeah, I would say prep ahead of time, help yourself have realistic expectations. Like if you have a drunk in your family who's not in recovery, like if they're hmm. still if they're still drinking, like expect that they're gonna be drunk and expect hmm. that the usual behavior is gonna be there. And then you have to sort of decide what you're going to do about that. But anytime you decide something like in the heat of the moment, it's always going to be more emotional and reactional right. than like, if you're just like, okay, this is the thing that I was thinking that might happen. I'm going to leave now, or I'm going to take a drive now, or I'm, you yeah. know, you, you find you're out. Um, and then like on a smaller, a smaller level, it's like you, you just realize when you've reached your limit. And that's true with, if your family is, just normal conflict or if it's like really crazy conflict like you just have to know your limits and that's something you can talk about with your 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 chores of your chosen family ahead of time mm-hmm. right the the people that are your friends yeah 
that can kind of read into your situation. And then I, and then one thing of just, um, I would say even people who are, you know, from the quote unquote toxic families. And by that, I mean, like there's levels, right? right sort yeah. of like being on the spectrum that your normal may be something that you're used to um, and dealt with, but like, it's more of a survival mode kind of thing. Mm. And it may not be normal for everyone. So I would suggest reading a book like, um, by Leslie Burnett called The Emotionally Destructive Relationship to mm. kind of look for patterns to see if your family is more on the toxic side. Not to- I'll say dysfunctional. Okay, I'll say dysfunctional. <clears throat> um, yeah, because it's often very hard to see some mm. of the patterns that you grew up with as like being maybe as bad as they are because you're used to it. Yeah. And even if you're like, us and your adults and you've moved away coming home it's like no i'm still used to this and you might tolerate more than Mm. you otherwise normally would so those are a few things that i would add those are fantastic i think um really that's a wonderful place to close i'll just give one more tip yeah unless i'll let you wrap up there's anything you have to say but one more tip that i think um and you can tell me if it's not healthy lisa but i think (laughs) which is at the you know, you might find yourself at the end of your rope, you know, after you tried everything, after you tried yeah. negotiating boundaries and prepare yourself. If you need to get some space and yeah. take a walk, um, that is always preferable than getting in a big fight. And yeah. you can feel yourself getting there emotionally, mentally. You know, there is something in psychology where your brain goes in a fight or flight mode and, yeah. and it moves from your logic center where, where you're functioning from your logic center and you're and it goes to the amygdala, which is a fight or flight, which means you're going to say things you don't want to. You're going to yeah. act in ways you you plan not to, which makes for an awkward morning when you have to look at everybody yeah. <laughs> and say, wow, I'm so sorry I said that. We've all been there, so don't feel bad. But if you feel yourself getting heightened, I think something really valuable for me is I go play video games or I go for mm-hmm. a walk or I go for a drive. There's, that's a good and health, yeah. healthy thing. It's, it's kind of the... Uh, uh, the fail safe. If everything else fails, just yeah. go for a walk, get out and get some space. Cause it'll always be better. You'll, if you're moving, like you said, Alyssa, not from a heightened emotional place. And so if you need to take a walk, but th- that's my final Tim. Uh, yeah, that's, my, I think my that's final really, tip. that's really good. I mean, again, a lot of this, I've been sort of thinking about this a lot as we've been talking about this fall under sort of two, a, a lot of this falls into the fact that again, we are in relationship, committed relationship with people that we're not seeing all the time. And so, again, the conflict that should be going on all the time and being dealt with and worked through all the time is happening over one weekend or like one, two weeks and all of the relationship building. And I think it is so important we've talked about to be, again, whether it's prepping to go home and like figuring that out is like or building those relationships and keeping those relationships with a few people. Because this is one of the things I was thinking about is that, you know, again, even if like for most people, you can through relationship building, you can work through most of the things to a manageable degree because most people are generally people of goodwill, but there will be some of those people who just won't be, you know, uh, won't be able to be reasoned with. Um, And one of the wonderful things is that, but if you've been putting the work with enough of the other people, you can work together to actually figure out how to manage relationships with those few people who are problematic. And that's a wonderful thing that actually you don't actually have to be alone in that on um and so i think that sort of like making sure that the people you have relationships with a 
just a few days out of the year, it's you you don't just have a relationship with them a few days out of the year. You're actually having some kind of relationship the whole year that makes actually the holidays one that's manageable. Um, so that's that's something that that that's something I think that I would kind of counsel people to kind of to to do to, to make the holidays something that they can actually celebrate. Now, now you have me wondering, am, am I the toxic person? Are we the baddies? <laughs> when everyone's talking about, well, we got to manage it. Probably. It's fine. <laughs> the I'm, I'm the okay answer is always yes. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> um, I mean that for me, too. Well, not I just know. Nathan. I think we move on. Especially Nathan, but not just <laughs> yeah. Nathan. Oh, you're, you're very toxic, Joseph, obviously. I know. I know. Um, but on that note... Uh, Blessings and curses. curses, where, of course, we bless a work of art, media, or resource that we want to recommend to you, or curse one that we want you to stay away from, but we're still giving the name, which means you actually can get involved with it if you want to, but we're telling you not to. So, anyway, um, Alyssa, where would, uh, what would you like to bless or curse, and or curse today? Yeah, uh, so I will bless um, three things. Um, one just real quick. So I mentioned the toolkits, if you're interested in like counseling topics and like kind of getting those skills strengthened, you can just go to counseling.redeemer.com and then slash topics. And that'll give you all these different topics of counseling, including the one on boundaries, family and holidays. So that one's there. Um, I want to bless the movie, Ordinary People. Mm. Um, and the reason is, I think that that movie is a great look of how it takes time to figure out if you're in an, in a family that's just not working. Mm. Um, and it has a dad who goes on that journey and he has a son who's suicidal and he realizes at some point that if he doesn't take the action against the toxic person in his family, that his son is going to take drastic measures. And so, but it takes him a while to get there. Hmm. But then when he actually does it, it's really beautiful. So I, I blessed that one thinking we were we were gonna talk more a little about dysfunction, which is, uh, we did a little bit, but if, if you come from a more like um, really family that's that doesn't work together mm-hmm. and you need to look at like what it can look like to stand up yeah. and create a, a really healthy boundary, um, that's a great movie. And then I was also going to bless, uh, celebrate recovery because that is a mm. basically Christian program, 12 step program. But what I love about it is it's not like super specific in terms of which issue you're dealing with. Mm. And if you came from a family where you felt out of place or where you felt like, okay, I developed you know, overeating because my mm-hmm. dad was an alcoholic, but I didn't want to be an alcoholic. So I just kind of turned to food. Mm-hmm. It's really mm-hmm. good to help you process sort of your upbringing. Like they, yeah. they ask a lot of questions in there that help you process your upbringing and they're across the country and they're free. So they will bless that. Mm-hmm. Those are my blesses. And then my curse, I was, couldn't think of a good curse, but I came up with this, which is the misuse of many, many Christians of they this is what they say oh god's not giving me more than i can bear (laughs) as if it's like from scripture and it's not it it's actually first corinthians 10 13 and it talks about no temptation has seized you except that's which common to man and god is faithful he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can handle but when you're tempted he'll provide a way out Mm, yeah 
But Christians tend to use that verse as the ultimate excuse to either stay in bad situations or just um, not deal with the problems that they can actually deal with. And I think when you're talking about families and boundaries, it's just like, keep the keep it your mouth shut or just like do what it's always been done. It didn't just to say, oh, God's giving, God's not giving me more than I can bear. So like, mm. you just sort of take on too much or you just don't deal with situations that you probably could. Um, I'm gonna curse that because I think that's the real misuse of scripture that a lot of people do, especially when it comes to boundaries. That's a, that's a really good, that's, that's a good, curse. that's a good curse. Um, yeah, that's really good. Um, all right, Nathan, how about yourself? Okay, well, you'll excuse me, the, my um, radiator is deciding to, because it's the holidays and it's cold outside, deciding <laughs> to be very, very loud. I don't know if anyone can hear it, but I hope not. Um, <laughs> but I have a, I have a few blesses and curses today. Um, I'm going to bless um, a Clarkson book, The Life-Giving Table. This is a book all about um, this concept of creating intimacy and closeness with your family mm -hmm. around food and discussion and celebration and table. And while it's not particularly a holiday book, it is one that is relevant to creating connection with family and, uh, and engaging in memories that are connective and beautiful and create a loving intimacy. And I think it's a great book and I was raised on it. So I can say it absolutely, I was raised by the author. It absolutely does work and it's something that's really beautiful. And I was so glad was present in my home, especially for the holidays in creating those times around the table. So read the Lifekin Table. It's a great book. I know the author, she's my mom. Um, also, I'm going to bless <laughs> safe people. This is another book by the guy who wrote uh, Boundaries actually. Um, mm. But it's a book that helps you identify toxicity in people how to deal with it. And also what I love is it helps you identify the toxic traits that you have. Mm -hmm. And I find it really valuable. It's maybe something to read before you go home for the holidays. It will help you both see and know how to deal with the toxic traits and the ones you love. And will also help you recognize your own toxic traits and, and that maybe the dysfunction you bring in to the family dynamic. And so it's a really great, really great book, short, um, well, easy to read, but also uh, really insightful. Um, I'm also going to bless a movie because I, I want to bless a new Christmas movie and <laughs> forgive me. I, I, I don't remember tons about it. I saw it last year for the first time and I just remember enjoying it. So if it's, if it's terrible and you're like, this is so offensive and awful, then please forgive me and just chalk it up to my bad memory. But I enjoyed it. It's called love hard. And it's about a girl going home for the holidays. Hmm. Uh, but it kind of has a, you know, she's taking somebody it's, it is a whole farcical kind of set up and, and there's romance and love, but it's, I just remember kind of really loving the dynamics of the family together yeah. and showing um, uh, the beauty of even dysfunction in family and how it's yes. actually a good thing and worthy of engaging. And even if it's difficult, um, as far as a curse, uh, I was going to do the family stone, but I've done that one before. And I remember <laughs> episode, this movie that we, my, my wife and I tried on our hunt for movies, Christmas movies we had not seen yet. And we found this one that's considered a classic, by the way. And um, it's awful. Like, mm -hmm. it is so bad. Uh, we couldn't even make it all the way through. It was just, it, it's one of those things that it wouldn't be made now. Like, it, there's too many problematic moments. <laughs> and so it's like, how was this made? But, you know, it was an idea. I guess. Wait, let's hear it. Is it Christmas Story? No! <laughs> You're going to get, Kevin's going to be angry. You, oh, Kevin McCurry. Shot fire. I'm not, 
I'm not a fan of Christmas Story, but I don't want to even touch that with a tinfoil pole because everyone apparently loves it's it. It's just a collection of anecdotes. It's not a movie. No, this one is ten times. Well, I'm not cursing it because it's a bad movie, but because it's dysfunctional dysfunctional family. That's what I was thinking. Anyway, keep that's, going. That's, that's <laughs> one. This one, this one dwarfs the dysfunction of the family of <laughs> um, of a Christmas Story uh, by a million. It's called Home for the Holidays with Holly Hunter and Robert Downey Jr. and Anne Bancroft. Interesting. And obviously, all of these are amazing actors. And of course. I don't even want to say the things that were like so terrible. Yeah. And it, they, they were like, what? And they're just treated as nothing. So basically, I think my biggest problem with this movie is it it showed this incredibly dysfunctional, incredibly unhealthy family. And it said, let's just laugh at it. It's funny. Yeah. This is just how families are. Yeah, just exactly. incredibly toxic and dysfunctional. And while I know that that is reality, I don't think it should be an accepted reality. Yeah. I don't think it's something we should just either, not even just celebrate, but say, yeah, just what it is. No, if your sibling or your mother or your father treats you like this, that's not something to just laugh at. That's something to take seriously. And it's not something, I just, oof, I did not like it. Sorry for anyone who no, loves I, it. I, I, I think that that's, I agree with that. Because again, it, it's not even that like you can't have dark comedies where it's like, yes. where it's, where you're laughing at it, but you're treating it as if it's something that's dark. You know, it's like these, yeah. they're oftentimes these movies about this comedy about dysfunctional families treat it as if, oh, this is just what family is like. This is, you know, this is, isn't this such a, you know, cute. It's like, no, this is a toxic dysfunctional situation and you should, you know, this is not normal and baseline. And if this is a situation you need to like. They created it as if it was the norm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's that, that I totally agree. In fact, beautiful. I have a couple of curses that are, that are exactly in that vein. Um, yeah, I couldn't think of a blast that was like, not just totally like, oh, of course this one, like, you know, I mean, you know, you preempted me. I was going to do blessed boundaries, but you blessed, you know, safe space, which is the updated boundaries. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, I mean, again, boundaries, it's a great book. It's a classic book for like figuring out where those boundaries are. How do you so tell someone I love you, but I still need to like, you know, be respected in this way. That's for families and dynamics. That's that's and, and friendships wonderful that's a wonderful book to do i also like i mean home alone you know it's oh, a, sick. you know and that's another one that's about oh i'm the toxic one yeah you know, <laughs> it's, um and so but it also does just celebrate that oh that dynamic of everybody's around and how do you deal with that um uh, it doesn't give a lot of real practical answers uh but it is, is does celebrate that kind of situation and and help you to understand you maybe you're sometimes you're the problem um for curses again, I'm I'm gonna kind of curse three movies. Actually, I'm gonna curse um, that are gonna make some people mad at me. Um, uh oh, uh, Dan in real life, Little Miss Sunshine, uh -oh. and you can't take it with you. Um, How dare you? <laughs> Not the last one, but the first two. <laughs> because because again, because they do those exact things. They portray. Mm toxic families and act like they're not toxic you know dan in real life actually tries to basically again it tries to say that you know if you think that this family is toxic and the dynamics are toxic you're the problem and you need to change and mm. you know little miss sunshine again it's it's again it's like making light of all the i mean you know getting a six-year-old to do a strip tease on you know like oh this is funny that's cute it's like no no it's not um and, you know, and uh, you can't take it with you is more of an old timey and it feels like safer because it's old timey and it's Jimmy Stewart and stuff like that. But it's it really is a family that can't actually 
function in a way that people people can behave responsibly and yet it says oh no these are cute and wholesome kind of people and uh so i think that that's so that's i guess it's funny it's like the, the dynamic we've sort of is you know recognize actually the the problems that are there and don't you know try to pretend that they're not um even if you do think that they're worth seeing over the holidays so no cool all right well this is it was a good blesses and curses um Thank you so much, uh, Alyssa, for uh, joining us for this episode. I uh, hope you have a wonderful uh, visit with your family over the holidays and uh, all of us uh, as well, as wholesome as possible. Uh, if people want to get in touch with you and see the stuff that the content that you're making and all of that, um, where can they go? Uh, yeah, you can find me uh, on YouTube at Alyssa's Movie Takes. And also I write for Wallflower Journal, so you can just Google that in my name. Um, and then if you, like I said before, um, if you're looking for more kind of mental health resources, you can check out counseling.redeemer.com. Awesome. And you, Nathan, if people want to get in touch with you and see the stuff you're doing, where can they go? They can go to nathanclarkson.me. They can search my name, Nathan Clarkson, on any of the socials. They can also check out I Am, because I have a podcast, I get to do this. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing a fundraising for a new movie that I'm making uh, next summer. And Woo-hoo! it's a beautiful romance redemption faith and family movie being shot in my hometown in Colorado by an awesome director named Spencer Fulmar. And we're trying to get people involved and we have awesome incentives. Uh, It's called Bright Sky. So it's all over my Facebook. It's all over my Instagram. Check it out. Check out the Indiegogo. We'd love to have you involved. And um, yeah, that's me. Awesome. It's going to, it's going to blow redeeming love out of the water. That's Uh, right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I'm very excited. I'm very excited for it, but you've been talking about it for a while and I'm really excited to to see how it's, it comes together. So definitely people have to get involved. Um, uh, Yes. And if you want to get in touch with me, of course, you can find me on any of the socials as well. And you can also go to josephholmstudios.com and also find my work at Religion Unplugged, where I talk about faith and movies and faith-based movies and all of the great things. So definitely check it out. Um, All right. All right. Well, thank you very much, everyone. Uh, have, Have a wonderful holiday season. And remember, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about. 